Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ho, 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 everyone, and welcome to the final episode this year of The Doggy Pod. I'm Dr. Rob Zaman. If you ever wondered why this is so special, it's because of this man, our producer. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop he it. He's awesome. <laughs> he makes this special. <laughs> My name is Stephen Peters, and this, as Rob says, is our last episode of the year, but don't worry. We're just taking a short break over Christmas, and we will be back bigger and better, I can assure you, in the new year. Now, firstly, smell is so important for your dog, mm, as yeah. you well know. Yeah. Is there such a thing as a dog with no smell? Mm, no, Rob's going to well, that's that. pretty depressing if that happens. Yeah. Does it happen uh, anyway? Are we going to tell them about the special competition, the word? Yep. Yeah, you, well, then, in that case, I'll give you some ideas because it's a friendly time, Christmas. How do you make your dog more friendly? By that, I mean some dogs are very shy around other dogs. How do you get to your dog to be the life of the doggy party and want to be happily have a bit of a romp with other canine strangers? Mm, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know about you, Rob, but I love a good massage, and I think most people do, and Whoa. probably so does yeah. your dog, I'm sure guessing. Does. But um, can you give your dog like a bad massage and probably yep. uh, in all the wrong places, and what's the best way to uh, make your dog so relaxed? And in my controversial top five this week, it's a great one. The top five best crossbreeds in the world. Yeah, five top crossbreeds, Stephen. Mm. You want to have a guess what they might be? I will, but I might save it for the moment. And okay. for people who follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you'll know that we've got a little bit of a competition running uh, for the last couple of weeks. And uh, in this show, we're going to give you the special keyword that uh, for the first 10 people who message that word to our Instagram page, we'll win a special Doggy Pod treats package, which has some treats in it and a present 
just for Christmas. Well, they'll probably get it after Christmas. But anyway, the first 10 people that uh, sent through the keyword that we'll give you a little bit later on. So stand by. It won't be far away. If, if Australia Post has anything, anything to do with it, you'll eventually get it. If Santa has something to do with it, you'll get it pretty soon. Totally. Okay. Christmas. Now, anyway, how's it been leading up uh, to Christmas at the clinic? Well, oh, look, you're not going to believe it. Please, the people with the low-hanging Christmas trees, beware, beware. Yes. Oh, do you have We've a, do you have a dog already. swallowing a bauble ha- story? He did. <laughs> Swallowed it whole. Unbelievable. And so we had to open the poor little thing up. But uh, he'll go home before Christmas. He'll go home this week. What, coming. what sort of dog was and, it? Yeah, a Labrador. <laughs> I don't know what baubles taste like, but to Labradors, they must be okay because they're the most common breed to swallow a bauble or a Christmas decoration of some kind. You've just got to be very aware with low-hanging uh Christmas trees, make sure you have maybe a little fence around them, an indoor fence, so your dog can't get to them, uh, or hang them up high, put them up high, because it's a common problem. I see it's annually. We we see it every year. The other thing that we do see every year, we haven't seen it yet, it's after Christmas, people giving the the dogs the wrong things, the wrong leftovers. Yes. Yeah, too much ham and too much fat. Yeah, dogs will have some fat. But excess fat in the dog's diet will cause inflammation of the intestinal tract and especially of an organ attached to the intestines called the pancreas. The pancreas is important because it produces insulin, you might know that, and regulates blood glucose. It also produces the enzymes to digest food. When it becomes inflamed, it's called pancreatitis, kills people and dogs. Right. Now, pancreatitis is quite a dreadful disease, so be careful with the leftovers as well. So that's Christmas time. Yep, we've got our decorations up, but we do try and manage it when the dogs come in, uh, either fence around the tree or keep them away from the tree, watch they don't eat it. The other thing you can do if you want to is get some eucalyptus spray and spray the base of the area of the trees and that. It gives a lovely smell, eucalyptus smell, great Australian bush smell. And most dogs hate it, so they keep away from it. It just helps a little bit. Citronella spray can also be used, but any of those things. Just be careful with your dogs with Christmas baubles. This little dog... Yeah, how did you know that uh, he'd swallowed a bauble? <laughs> oh, the owner saw it happen, uh-huh. and they were trying to you know, get it off him. And they said, and they came out, oh, couldn't be, couldn't be, could it? But it was... Um, <clears throat> we couldn't quite see it on the x-ray when we x-rayed him, funnily enough, but... Given the history and the dog was a bit off colour and looking at the gas patterns in the intestinal tract on the on the x-ray, we thought, yeah, this is not good. So we elected not to wait um, because we didn't want it to break. It was a pretty solid sort of a thing that he swallowed. And it's amazing, quite a large um, bauble. So how did down. you get it out? Surgery was the only way. We had to cut to, him open? Yeah, we had to cut the through the skin and then through the muscle of the abdomen, the tummy, wow. and then go in, find the... Uh, stomach and feel, you could feel this damn thing inside the stomach, cut through the stomach, get it out, then we have to sew the stomach up. And of course, when you're sewing a stomach up or an intestine, it's got to be watertight because you don't want them leaking. So a couple of layers in that, a layer in the muscle, a layer in the tissues under the skin called a subcutaneous layer, and then the skin layer. So a lot of surgery for one dog to undergo. But hopefully he might leave a Christmas bauble alone, but they won't. I mean, he doesn't learn. He doesn't know that what he did led to that whole surgery and painful exercise. It's not something that, that you can teach. But you can teach them to keep away from it. You know, they go near it, 
use a word of, of admonishment. I use no, I growl it out, come away. And once they do, good dog. Don't forget, every training exercise finishes with praise. Get them to do it right and praise them. So that was a very expensive Christmas for that family. <laughs> that's a Christmas bauble. Yeah, that's a few thousand dollars, I'm afraid. Mm. <laughs> okay, we all know how important a sense of smell is to a dog. They live their whole lives through smell. Um, and God knows they've got big enough noses. Is there such a thing, then, uh, as a dog that can't smell or has a really bad sense of smell? Mm, yeah, it's really bad news. Like I said, they spend their lives with that sense of smell. That's their life. In fact, when a dog is born, they can't see, they can't hear, and all they can do is taste a bit. But dogs don't have great sense of taste, but they can smell. So they start smelling from birth. From birth. That's From birth to death, a dog has to be able to smell. And when they can't smell, it's called, well, there's two words for it. One is, is referred to as anosmia, and the other one is hyposmia. Both words mean a loss of sense of smell. In fact, we get it very quickly if you get COVID, would you believe? It's one of the of course, things, yes. things you re- notice is you can't smell anything. Mm. Um, but how do, you, how do you diagnose that in a dog then? <clears throat> With a dog, it's very, very difficult to diagnose, but we know that they get depressed because they can't smell. They may not eat. Very often, if they can't smell it, they won't eat it. And uh, and it's a very, very difficult thing to diagnose because you go, why is he not eating? Has he got an infection? Has he got tonsillitis? Has he got uh, a foreign body stuck in his gut? Has he got some other uh, problem like a viral gastroenteritis? Why is this dog not eating? And you rule out everything else. It can be a tumour, for example, that can cause a lack of sense of smell as well. You know, a tumour in the olfactory. The olfactory... Uh, area is all the areas to do with smell and dogs have an olfactory area that's way bigger than ours way way bigger than ours and so an MRI might be necessary to pick up a tumor or a foreign body because they do smell a lot they sometimes get grass seeds and things stuck up their noses dogs that don't smell sometimes sneeze a lot people think it's a foreign body it could be they're just trying to clear because they cannot smell and it becomes very very difficult to Decide, you know, has this dog lost some sense of smell or not? Mm. And if you suspect it, then you've got to try and give them foods that have real high smell pungent. to it, real yeah. pungent. Things like sardines, for example, are often very good because if the dog can't smell it, he may not be inclined to eat it. And, and it's very, very bad if they lose their sense of smell. Dogs live in this world. We train them. We use that sense of smell because it's so much better than ours. We use it to protect ourselves. Yeah, bomb dogs. Yes. They use the sense of smell to, to fish out explosives. Drug dogs, they, they're used to you know, go and find drugs, and they will find drugs. Drug people will put drugs under in oil, underwater, all sorts of places to stop the dog getting to it, and yet dogs will find those drugs and root them out mm, in mm. all sorts of in canisters, etc., so, so if a dog lost, started losing its sense of smell, it would get really confused, wouldn't v- it? Confused, yeah. depressed, anorexic, um, and sometimes they will just, that's it, I'm not eating, I'm not doing anything, and they will literally die because they've lost their sense of smell. They can be blind, they can mm. be deaf. Those two things do not worry a dog very much at all. In fact, old dogs get around quite well. You know, I've certainly seen a blind dog herding sheep. 
They just <laughs> listen and trust their owner so oh. well. You know, whistle to, to the left, whistles to the right, whatever it is, forward, back. And he just rounded up those sheep. I couldn't believe this dog was blind when he came in. I thought, wow, such trust and such a great relationship between the dog and the owner. But the dog could smell. He could smell the sheep and work out as well. He used that sense to try and work out where they are. Wow, okay. Okay, with, uh, the, I guess, the holiday season, we'll call it, uh, upon us, how do we make... I don't, I don't know about you, Rob, but my dog's not not overly friendly to other <laughs> dogs. I mean, she's not rude or anything, but she doesn't go looking for other dogs and companionship and necessarily want to frolic around and have lots of fun. And I know a few people that have dogs like that as well. But then other people have dogs that just can't get enough of other dogs yep. and love playing with them. But I wouldn't mind my dog playing a little bit more and wanting to socialise with other dogs. What, what can I do to sort of give her a bit of a poke and say, go sure. and play with those dogs? You know? it, it's lovely to watch them, you know, like I say, frolicking, yeah, galloping they chase around each other and, and having yeah, fun. I love that. Yeah. And one, if nothing else, they're burning up a lot of energy. True. They're certainly enjoying that. And psychologically, they're playing and interacting with their own species. It's really good, really, really good for them. Um, Young dogs, of course, will take to it like a duck to water. That's the thing. Get them doing it when they're very young. What, so just socialising? Socialising, giving them out there at uh, dog parks where there are friendly dogs. Learn who the friendly dogs are because sometimes at dog parks you have some dogs that really are the bullies of the playground, and I don't like that. That's one thing that uh, people need to be aware if their dog is that. You don't want your dog known as, oh, keep away from that dog. Mm. Keep, oh, he's... he's really wants to just bite everyone or fight everyone. So learn who the nice dogs are. And a lot of people will have playtime with their, you know, like let's meet for, you know, playtime with kids is known. And the same thing with let's meet for playtime with our, with our dogs. We'll meet at such and such a park. So get to know someone that has a friendly, active dog. The other thing that you should do if you want to try and get your dog that's a bit older and doesn't want to do it, if you can find someone, a friend or someone that has a dog that is reasonably friendly, go for a walk with that dog. The, the, the four of you go for a walk. So all of a sudden you're forming a pack. Ah, okay. And so yeah. those two dogs are relating more and more and more. Take your dog as well to dog parks, but don't let it off the lead. If it doesn't like other dogs, don't push the envelope, but walk fast through the dog park, round the dog park, across the dog park, backwards and forwards. There are lots of other dogs there, but the dog's concentrating on you. But it's learning to accommodate the other dogs in its environment. In other words, not being shy. It says, oh, I, I haven't got time to be shy. Sorry, Dad and I are off for a walk down here. Now we're going across there. Now we're going this way. Walk fast. Walk like you're on a mission. Mm. Keep that dog concentrating on you, but let it learn to accommodate the other dogs. That's vital important that it does learn to accommodate and accept other dogs in the environment and then as i say that's the time to bring a friendly dog with a friendly person in and go for your walks and then at the end of the walk just let them both off somewhere do you think it would make a difference uh, if you had if you own two dogs would they be likely to be generally more friendly to other dogs uh, not, no really? they'll often often they'll be that's the pack so Those two dogs stick are the to pack, other, and, yeah. and, and in fact, they can even rebut other dogs, and you know, the, the rebuttal can end up in a fight. So you've got to be right. a bit careful of when you've got two dogs, because one dog comes up, a strange dog comes up, 
to one dog, the other dog gets jealous. Hey, keep away from my dog and you know, it can end up pretty ugly. Uh, remember, I've always said, if you've got two dogs, so be it. If you want to buy two dogs, so be it. But I prefer if you're going to buy two dogs, buy one first, train it, work with it, develop a relationship with it. 12 months later, get your, get your next dog. Don't buy the two together. Why, why is that? Because, because I think a lot of people would buy two Oh, they together. do. I, I was on radio recently where the announcer said, I've just bought two dogs. Can you give me some advice? I said, mm. yeah, the first advice is why didn't you ring me before because I don't <laughs> want you to buy two dogs. So why why, why wait that because year? Because if the, if the dogs are nothing they, else, they are a pack animal. Now, I know behaviourists say, oh, you shouldn't uh, worry about pack instinct. You should try and get it out. I'm sorry. It's in their very DNA to be pack animals. That's the way they are. So rather than them pack with each other, get the dog to pack with you, your first dog to pack with you. Then the older dog will teach the new younger dog what to do. The younger dog will have mimic behavior. It'll follow the older dog's lead. And if you've done the right thing by the older dog, you've socialized it properly, you've trained it properly, you've you know, taught it not to howl, you've taught it to, to be okay and not destructive, the young, younger dog will follow that lead and become a fabulous member of, right, of the yeah. family. That makes sense. So for me, socialising, and start when they're very, very young. Best to have just one dog if you can. If you get two dogs, and some people have, and so be it, then do a little bit of training separately, do some walking separately, and cage train them separately. Because one day, one of the dogs may need to go to the hospital, the other dog will stay home, and they'll both have a lot of trouble if they're not used to being on their own at least sometime. Oh, yeah, so rather yeah. than force them into the, sorry, you can't be there, you've got to be in hospital. And you know, it, it, Dogs that are happier get better quicker. I know that sounds weird, but it's just yeah, like it makes people. Sense. Same yeah? with people, yeah. Yeah, what is it? Laughter's the best medicine. I'm always telling jokes to my dogs in hospital. And not one of them has said it's a bad joke. <laughs> they all love my jokes. Yeah, I think they're just being polite, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you listeners, but I absolutely love a massage. If I had the money, I would have a masseuse on full-time, just a daily massage. I find it so relaxing. But um, do your dogs find it relaxing or do they find it a bit irritating? I don't know. And does it, you know, does it have um, some other benefits for them as well? Dr. Rob, head masseuse, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, head masseuse of all the dogs around here. And they all do get a massage. And do they? Yeah, they do. I, I do do it. People will see me doing it you know, very often. So where, what, what is the best way then to um, give your dog a massage? And what are the benefits? I prefer that um, the owner does the massage rather than sending him off to a physiotherapist or someone else because you need the dog relaxed and enjoying the massage. If you do want a physiotherapist, or and you do get dog physiotherapists and chiropractors, then you want one that's good with dogs, literally, that has a good relationship with your dog. The benefits, of course, it, in, it promotes blood supply to the skin. It promotes blood supply to the muscles. It promotes endorphins. The dog feels better, just like we do. And it can be very good for, for debilitated joints and things like that. How do you do it? Um, you can do it either with the dog standing or laying down on his side. But massage one way. Don't massage backwards and forwards in one area. Massage up towards the heart. If you just think of where's the heart, where's the muscle group that I'm massaging, massage up towards the heart because that way you're getting the little veins called venules and the veins themselves pushing the blood because there's not a lot of pressure in those areas. 
You're pushing all that blood towards the heart. So this is on your dog's chest? I or? do it on my dog's. I do it a lot on my dog's croup, which is the croup is just um, before the tail starts. And I'll massage long ways and I'll go up the, up the back. So those, because right. okay. you, you love your back muscles being done, so do the dogs. Either side of the spine, just gently massaging upwards, upwards. On the legs, from the calf muscles down where their Achilles is, right up to the knee, massaging up. And then from the knee up towards the hip, doing the massage there. The front legs, you can do the forearms, not so much. The forearms are from the you know, wrist, the dog's wrist to his elbow mm-hmm. or his foot, if you like, down that area, up to his elbow, massaging up that way a bit. And then, of course, the, the muscles of the shoulder from the elbow upwards, just massaging upwards. But they always massage up. The neck area, dogs love their necks being massaged. Really? And you're massaging down um, towards the heart, you know, from the head downwards. They love that area. But the the their favourite area, for me, or nearly every dog, is, believe it or not, what I said, the croup, right in the middle, actually. They love that area, just at the, the area just at the base of the tail on the body. They just seem to love all those muscles in that area being massaged gently and rubbed. You can do those in a circular motion and then upwards, circular motion upwards. What about a little head scratch? Is that... Uh... Yeah, nothing wrong. Well, they just love it. It's just like us. We, we enjoy affection. We enjoy being you know, someone that's soft with us, be it even stroking our hair or stroking our head or stroking our chin or our neck, whatever it is. That's affection. Do they need that rubbed? I guess they don't mind that being rubbed if it's gentle and just a little head scrub the way we do when we have our when we do our shampoo in the morning. Uh, they'd like the same sort of thing, but be gentle around the head um, because you know there, there are structures there, the eyes and that. Of course, don't want to hurt those. So there's a little special holiday treat for all of us to mm. give our dogs a little, little holiday massage. Alrighty, uh, just hang around because the special keyword is not far away. And that special keyword no, is just, 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 coming up just soon. Settle down, settle down. Before I don't we... even know what it is yet. <laughs> you do. Before we get oh. to that, though, we're going to have our last top five for the year. Dr. Rob's top five. And this week it's Dr. Rob's top five crossbreeds. What are the best crossbreeds in the world? Coming in at number five is... Little Molly, your little dog, I love her. She's a cross Bichon poodle and she's just gorgeous. So we've got to put her in. Um, <laughs> a lot of the poodle crosses are good. We, we own a poodle cross. It was an accident and it's a border collie cross poodle and she's just gorgeous wow. too. And so number four is the Cavalier cross poodle because Cavaliers are fabulous little dogs and you know they, they seem to stabilise the poodle. Sometimes poodles can be a bit... Fractious and they're just cavity cross poodles, they're consistently good, that's why I've got them there. Then, after that, again, another cavalier cross that I've often seen that's always good the cavalier cross Maltese. Um, people do do them and they're just lovely. Number two, the pound dog, just a good old mongrel. He's just we owe a debt to those because they have kept so many people company throughout Australia and throughout the world. Just people that can't afford to go out and buy a dog or that's you know expensive, especially these days, 
a lot of the purebred dogs and crossbred dogs even, the people breed specifically for pets, are very expensive. And if you just go to the Animal Welfare League or the RSPCA and a pound, you can get a dog at a relatively um, reasonable price. And as long as you've got the funds, of course, to look after it mm. afterwards, and why shouldn't you? You should do that. So number two was the pound the dog, pound which dog. leads us to number one crossbreed in and the world. you and I and everybody in Australia owes a debt to this, and everybody in Australia has benefited from this dog, How from so? this crossbreed. Because they have done so much work that they have made helped make Australia the prosperous country that it is. They've put money in your bank accounts, literally. And it's one of the working dogs that, probably the best working dog I've ever seen in the world, consistently as a crossbred. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where. And, and I've seen them work sheep and cattle and other animals as well. The cross border collie kelpie. It's mm, border far, collie farmers kelpie. will sometimes do that just to get the dog that will do the right work for them. And people, like in fact, that um, go to sheep trials will, will breed that breed just, or that crossbreed, just so they can win sheep trials with them because they know how good they are. The Border Collie Kelpie Cross, wonderful breed. So how has that gotten money into my pocket, that Border Cross Because it, is, it has been riding on the backs of sheep for you, literally getting up there, made Australia pros- prosperous, right. and therefore you end up with money in your bank account because Australia does well, you'll do well. Thank you, Border Cross Kelpie. Mm. Okay, everyone, it's now that time of the podcast. Well, it's, you know, it's almost time to say goodbye for the year. But also for um, those of you who follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you know we've been running a bit of a competition over the last few weeks leading up to this very moment where you need to uh, listen to this key word in the first 10 people message us with this keyword on our, on our Instagram page, we'll win um, a special doggy pod, sort of little, some little treats and a, a little toy for your dog and uh, just from us to your dog for Christmas. So um, Rob is now going to tell us what the special word is. So the special word is the reason we started doing this in this difficult year. It's allowed us to communicate some messages to you and it allows us to to continue talking to you through this medium, and that word is podcast. Podcast? Who would have thought? (laughs) Podcast. Anyway, uh, that's it for us for the year. We really appreciate uh, everybody listening for the last, I think, 27 episodes of the Doggy Pod this year. We will be back in the new year. We wish everybody a safe and happy break. Hopefully you're getting a bit of a break. Uh, just remember to keep following us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, we have a few videos on our YouTube channel which will just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So please have a safe break and we will see you in January sometime. Stay tuned. And it's goodbye from me. Have a very, very peaceful and restful break over Christmas. Whoever your God is, I hope he looks after you. and Or she. Or she <laughs> looks after you. And, uh, and remember... Dog is God spelt backwards. Have a great Christmas. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.